0: Michael Brown, thank you very much for talking to us here at Kama. Where are you?
1: Thank you very much.
0: Could you please introduce yourself to your audience? Tell us about your mob, your country.
1: Okay. I was born in Townsville. I'm a Kalkadoon, Baradabana, Wanji man, German father, and living currently living in Cherbourg. I'm working at their medical service here, Kraish Medical
0: Service. Michael, we're talking to you today about your interaction with health services uh, throughout your journey of discovering you being HIV positive. Can you take us to the beginning? Talk to us about the type of treatment you were getting in local healthcare services, if you could, please.
1: Well, in the beginning, I, um, I presented with an STI, so that's why I went in to get a test and, um, and they did a HIV rapid test. So 20, 21 minutes later, I came back HIV positive. Um, the tests that I dealt with there were wonderful. The doctor said, People don't die from this today.
0: How long ago was this?
1: The 29th of November 2016, so five years
0: today. When you think about the experiences that you've gone through in terms of your health uh, interactions with the health systems, uh, was it like a, a daunting experience or were were doctors supportive and guiding you through in terms of how to deal with the result of you being HIV positive?
1: The doctors were wonderful when I went through the service. It was, you know, getting going to a pharmacy. Um, I don't know if they'd seen many positive people coming in looking for HIV medications. Some other staff were not so nice. And when I spoke to the appropriate people, I just said, look, if there's attitude or or rudeness from staff, it stops people from coming in and getting their medication.
0: Tell me about the story of meeting... Your local pharmacists, and I mean, how that changed your perceptions about Australia's health system. Or oh, did it change your perceptions?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I went to pre, two previous pharmacies. I didn't feel comfortable. Someone was pointing the other one they were looking at on the screen, and I just wanted to get out of there. So I asked for my script back and I walked out. So when I met Belinda at MCAL at Raintree Shopping Centre, I looked for the same thing if there was going to be a look or a shock on her face. And I asked her, is, you know, is everything okay? And she said, yep, yeah, not an issue. It's just medication. So we had a little bit of a chat after that. I told her about my journey and, and my fears. And, you know, I asked her if she could help me supporting other people coming in here to get their HIV medications. And they said they would love to. Um, so then things became a lot easier.
0: Do you think the way you were treated at the Raintree Shopping Centre Pharmacy is a model of how pharmacists and health systems should treat people of First Nations backgrounds who present with health issues and may not have easy access to an ARCHO? Or uh, I suppose you could specifically talk to HIV but maybe speak to health issues in general.
1: Well, I felt welcome, you know, the people they know me by name not just the, the pharmacists that I'm dealing directly, but all the other staff as well. Belinda had gone and spoken to her staff and saying, you know, we've got some vulnerable people coming in here. Let's be mindful of that. And um, it was just a wonderful experience. So that would be great when people go in to fill their scripts. And I know people have a bad day or a down day, but, you know, remembering that we get paid to be there to support others you know, that's our payoff at the end of the day. And you can put a smile on
0: someone's face. It's understandable that First Nations people here in uh, this country need privacy as well when speaking about this topic. Uh, what are ways that people can be assured that information related to their sexual health in particular can be kept private with things like, I suppose, My Health Record and other services?
1: Yeah, well, when a health worker is working with someone, just say, look, this information stays between me, you, the nurse and your doctor. You know, the only reason the nurse needs to know is because of the treatment, if there is treatment needed for this. No one else gets to see this unless you ask us to tell someone else about this.
0: You now work as a sexual health provider in the Aboriginal community of Sherberg. Can you tell us about how you became a sexual health advisor?
1: Well, Sherberg's saw me speaking at uh, doing a presentation and have been trying to get me out here for a year. So now being here, my first priority is to educate the staff around the stigma and the shame, confidentiality and consent. And when we're feeling good about having these conversations with people and then the people feel good about this, it's a long road. But it's going to be a lot of fun as well. People will go home, they'll educate their families, they'll talk to the community, community will start coming in and they'll be at ease. That's hopefully the end goal.
0: How long have you been working there, Michael, so far? I've been here two months. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you spoke about the community response so far and uh, are you are you seeing people being comfortable or has there been some barriers to try and cross in terms of discussing this Very sensitive topic.
1: Well, I'm talking to the main organisations that are here, introducing myself, telling them why I'm here, asking if I could be of service, building relationships, asking about history and how could I help here, you know, finding out what the elders need, what they would like, and just having that little conversation breaks down that shame. And people have been very excited about starting to have this conversation.
0: How fulfilling is it to you to do a job like this?
1: It's great. You know, going to the doctors is scary. You know, so when you support someone with saying, Okay, this is this is what we're gonna to do today, is that okay, we're gonna walk you through the process. This is what it means. Asking if they understand and if they don't understand, find another way. To get the information out, and they walk out happy. They're not stressed, you know. Just trying to do the best we can with the service that we provide.
0: Michael, with it being World AIDS Day, uh, the Morrison government actually have announced this morning uh, an amount of funding around about fifty million, I believe, to extend access to HIV treatment support activities that will support health and mental well-being of people living with blood-borne viruses as well as STIs. What are your reactions to it?
1: Well, it's a wonderful start. Um, You know, I know some of the HIV organisations are really struggling with the funding that they've been given to continue the programs that they have. And so the more the better. The Indigenous space in HIV is very small, So it'd be wonderful to have peer support programs and case management for Indigenous people living with HIV, having an Indigenous peer with the lived experience of being an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander person and also the lived experience of HIV as well, supporting our mob. Um, That culturally appropriate supports in place.
0: Michael, on World AIDS Day, uh, is there a main message that you'd like to pass on to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may be living with HIV?
1: Yeah, um, I would love to talk to people about there is HIV prevention available. You can get it from any doctor. It's called PrEP and get regular tests. We don't have to be shame about getting our tests done. The more we get it done, the easier we feel, the better supported we'll feel as well.
0: Michael, thank you very much for talking to us uh, here on Kama on what is obviously a sensitive topic, and I, I, I thank you for your courage in talking about it.
1: Thank you very much. Can I say one more thing? Of course. Also, the medication that I take, it makes the virus that small that I can't pass it on to other people. So it stops. HIV stops with me.